because we are a nation uh, that flies on the wings of freedom that are broken. And basically in 2020, we're preparing that, aren't we? Uh, well, it's December 1st. Damn, 2020 is almost out. Uh, anybody else excited to see it go? Uh, I think I am. I think I'm going to reclaim my time. And on January 1st, I'm going to wish everyone a happy 2020 and just forget it ever happened. We should just reset that year um because it was a very well planned year a year that they executed so meticulously they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they were planning it for a while hence the discussion that we had uh with uh, certain individuals while we were in dc together of uh finding a ways to justify uh the insurrection act and it was important for us to use uh, use the tools that we have which is using their words and it's uh, pretty incredible um, how uh, things are evolving now because it was all planned. Uh, I've been trying to parse through data. Uh, turns out the votes that were missing in Wisconsin may indeed have been discovered to be not so legitimate. Uh, so I'm really trying to parse through things. Uh, but nothing seems to want to work with me today uh, in regards to tech. But... Um, there were some interesting filings yesterday in Wisconsin, uh, and obviously we filed in uh, Michigan, uh, so this will be very interesting. I thought today I would start with more of a review, because uh, I was actually very excited to see uh, that, uh, you know, Colonel Waldron, Phil Waldron is incredible. Um, Phil Klein will be holding a uh, press conference at 2 p.m. in Virginia 
uh, Phil Klein, I met in 2019 uh, when uh, going through election data together. He's part of the Thomas More Society, a smart man, smart, smart, smart man. So that is one team that's working on this too. So it's not just, you know, who you see on TV. There's a lot of people uh, that are uh, trying to help. And there's a lot of people that are trying to subvert the effort too. Uh, I think there's more subversion than there is anything else. So um, uh, where do I start today? I think I want you to listen out of their own mouth at the Michigan hearing. I, I pause it at the right spot where you can hear what you heard here over a year ago told you. So it's um, pretty interesting because if you understand what is going on, then things make more sense. And uh, the, the reason I say this is we understand what the problem is, right? We understand uh, that there was a lot of election diddling. Uh, specifically, I found that people that were born in 18... What was the oldest age? I think I found 1823. Yeah, 1823. Registered to vote in 2008. <laughs> Can anyone say Obama needed votes? Um, because that's how far back your voice has been stolen. You'll see that soon. That should be unraveling soon. And I and and, and I promise it had to be this way. Uh, because any other way, you just take it. Now, um, I tweeted out a couple pictures because I found in only a sample pool over 2,000 people that were over 100 years old that submitted absentee ballots in a sample pool. Because remember, the whole state of Michigan has like 7 million somewhat people uh, and hence where I'm having issues with um, my software not playing nice. Uh, so thank God for Cy uh, helping me uh, in... Uh, trying to facilitate uh, the creation of the right, well, I need to put it in a way that someone that's not techie can see it because I can parse it out on the back end, but it's not something that I can submit. So I have to make it simple. It's kind of like pictures. So I thought I would start with, uh, yeah, there's at least two, I found 2,030 people in a sample pool that were over um, the age of 100. So over the age of 100 in a sample pool. So that means it was under 100,000 people. So for, we could say on average, rounding up, that for every 100,000 people, a little over 2,000 were over 100 years old. That's pretty insane. Some of them as young as being born on in 1823. And then I also put out a tweet with a screenshot of how many of these people that were over 100 years old registered to vote in 2020. Now, again, there's a lot of fraud. And what people need to understand is, is that fraud with the ballots, the fraud with the feeding of the ballots, the fraud of using people without a pulse. I mean, seriously, I thought in Michigan they had bunk water. There's got to be something in there. If you're alive after nine, uh, after eight, being born in 1823, I mean, that means you saw Lincoln as president. So if you're born in 1823, have lived the Civil War, okay, <laughs> with Lincoln, right? and you can vote that's you know that's that's super interesting i i just have to say that's super interesting so um i wanted you guys to hear uh what this 
uh, man is saying at the Michigan hearing, because aside from the dead people voting, the non-existent people voting, the felons voting, children voting, you know, manifesting votes out of nowhere, scanning ballots that shouldn't have been dropped, throwing away actual ballots. That's to cover up this. What you're about to hear now is what it's covering up. It's covering up the tech. They don't want you to know about the tech. Take a listen. Accessible. I wonder what AV stands for. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's probably something to do with absentee votes. So uh, bottom line, I was a little concerned with the physical configuration. So the stuff I could observe, here's the network topology that I put together the night that I got back after serving on the uh, at the AV counting board. And what it showed to me explicitly was a connection to the internet. Furthermore, I asked all the election officials that were there, Daniel Baxter, I asked former state representative David Nathan, I said, are these connected to the internet? And they all denied internet connectivity. Yet when I went around to all the monitors on it, and you guys probably have Windows laptops with you right now, you go back, you go down to the bottom right-hand corner and look at that little, uh, there's a little icon there talking about your network connectivity. When you roll your mouse over there, it'll pop up in words saying, connected to internet. All right, so why is that a big deal? Well, let's, let's go through. First, I wanna demonstrate these guys were indeed connected to a local area network and that that local area network includes a connection to the local data center. Chris Thomas has already, through other statements, validated that that local data center was connected to the internet. And for anybody who's not familiar with IT, if one computer on a network is connected to the internet, all the computers are connected to the internet. Now, the folks at Dominion will say that there's an air gap because they have a firewall in between there and they use encryption for all the communications. I'm telling you, uh, there's uh, folks from uh, that attend these DEF CON conferences every single year that can hack into a system like that in a matter of uh, seconds. I just wanted to pause on that for a second. So yesterday I tweeted out a photo of me mapping out um, Georgia's systems and showing that they had a Kyocera printer open. And, you know, people that claim to know tech and supposedly understand tech were trying to, um, you know, dog what I say. Oh, it just means it's there. Duh. But the point of that with the cots was, is that what I want you guys to understand with the vulnerabilities, right? Some idiot was like, oh, that's so stupid. You don't know tech. There's firewalls. And it's like, this is how dumb some people are. When I know the make and model of your product that is on there, I can find the firmware slash software slash all of it and work a background to, to get in there. So it's like some people are just too to, to, to set, you know, to think you can hack anything. I mean, getting in is no problem. Now I've talked about, um, you know, uh, how they're online and they're connected because while we have all these ballots and stolen ballots, dead people voting, post office workers burning stuff, maybe moving ballots from Thief River Falls and hiding them in Fargo so they can replace them with stuff in Wisconsin, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, of course. Uh, you know, when all this is happening, this is happening in order to cover and make sure that if you get a physical audit that the physical audit can justify what the computer's saying. So there is an algorithm, I talked about this last year, explained to you how it works. It fractionalizes 
everything. And I'm glad that people are talking about it because people keep thinking, oh, it's just flipping a boat. And no, it's not called flipping and it's not a damn glitch. This is legit great algorithms. Sorry, you know, you have to give props where you got to give props. It's a pretty sweet algorithm. But what it does is it takes, it takes information from all the candidates. So it'll steal partial votes from your Senate selection, from your Congress selection, from your presidential selection, judges, uh, you know, city council, school board, whatever, your vote for a measure. And then it mixes it up and redistributes to give the already set result that they have pre-programmed. So if they know that they have five candidates for president, they've already sussed out the percentage of each of them. If they already have a, you know, a judge that they want to freaking put in office, they've already given a percentage for that. Senate percentage, Congress percentage, local stuff percentage. It's already done. It is already done. That is what I'm trying to say, that it's not just taking from the presidential. It's taking all your little bubbles that you filled in and redistributing them. It's very important because even though he does well on explaining a few things, and I kind of think that the speaker there in Michigan listens to a little bit of Tory says, uh, you know, it's it's important that I express to you the facts because I do not want you understanding this wrong. Because in the future, you never know. I may not be around, and you may be some old fogey grandma, whatever, with your great grandkids, grandkids, telling them about the golden age of the twenties, of the twenties, the roaring, roaring twenties, right? Um, and explaining all of this because you never know. You never know. So. No, there's no such thing as an air gap. And you think something like elections determine who the leader of the free world is going to be for the next four years might tempt somebody to go off and play games with that. And we've got evidence that that indeed happened. So further evidence of, um, oops, even the, the contract with the state of Michigan defines that these are designed, these, this equipment's designed to connect to the Ethernet and also in some cases specifically to via cell-based modems to the Internet. Uh, the, the Dominion tech support. You mean like the Verizon ones that I've talked about and the AT&T? Wait a minute. You don't even need to listen to me. You can look at their stupid IVVs where Dominion clearly put it out there. Hey, we have these modems in it, right? It's like, and then they're like, oh, it doesn't connect to the internet. Like, what is going on here? So you're filing there it goes on the internet, but it doesn't. Wait, it gets better. Port manual says these are designed to connect via Ethernet cables. So, um, so why does it matter? Here's why it matters. Um, how many of you guys had a chance to read Sidney Powell's lawsuit in the state of Michigan? It's about 75 pages. Good. Uh, hopefully you went through that in detail um, because in there it highlights some things that should be a concern to every single senator, every single uh, representative, what, no matter what party you're a member of. And I'm telling you, all the data that I've collected here, I'll make sure it's clear that everybody understands. I've been working with Bernie Sanders supporters. I've been working with registered Democrats. I've been working with libertarians, independents, and Republicans of all stripes. This, the stuff that we're talking about here should not be just a concern for Republicans. This should be a concern for everybody who calls themselves an American. So in this, in this context, I, I want to highlight the, the detailed evidence on this Go read the affidavits that are put into that Sidney Powell lawsuit. I'm not going to go through in detail here. Bottom line is it's connected to the Internet. You open the door to uh, nefarious actors outside of this country. And that should be a concern to everybody.
Um, furthermore, we discovered that the National Institute of Standards and Technology left the proverbial key under the mat, essentially provided a map for anybody. By the way, first, before I get into that, we found admin passwords for the Dominion voting system and, and the testimony attests to that available up on the dark web. People could get access to it. That's important because with this key under the mat left by a gentleman out at the NIST, um, it provided all the specs or the specific files to look for in these election systems and what their sizes were so that you could mask any abnormal uh, traffic. That Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now, let's stop right there. So he's talking about the NIST, that organization. Now, I wanted to talk about it way earlier, but I've been having them in my purview for a while. Like I said, I could pay them 20 bucks and they'll just, you know, give me a certification for, <laughs> they just hand out ISOs to the highest bidder. And they don't just, you know, certify Americans. Uh, they certify people around the world, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. <laughs> let's can them too. So that's the place where I said you pay them a little bit of money and then they give you an ISO. It's all BS. It's all rubbish. It's 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 garbage. Okay. It's it's just garbage. So remember yesterday I showed you guys a an image how SLI Gaming, uh, which is uh, the company that was supposed to be doing all this stuff, you know, with sub voting software and everything, right? And the hardware, because my concern is more the hardware. The software, you're not going to get it. It's proprietary. They're not going to give you crap diddly squat. You are not going to know the trap door keys. You may have access or cipher text, uh, you know, cipher keys uh, for the um, initial encryption and then final decryption, but the actual re-encryption that CIDL uh, based gem software does in that trap door, you're never going to get. You can sue them to kingdom come. They'll just destroy it and say, we have these commitments and that's it. Anyway, the point here is, is that SLI Gaming for Pennsylvania, now we're talking, right? They got NIST certified 27 days before the election. It's like, mm, I don't remember off the top of my head because I've been studying all 50 states because Alaska is looking really sexy to me to break this wide open, right? But um, I... I'm pretty sure that it's at least 60 days to conduct your IVV. And so that's like your, uh, you know, it checks and the states are responsible for this. So I want to know what state, well, we know it's Pennsylvania, allowed SLI gaming to kind of just come in and check stuff and give the stamp of approval when they didn't get at least a NIST cert, which doesn't mean diddly squat in the law, right? It means nothing. It means absolutely zero, nothing. Uh, it's the EAC that that does this. So I just wanted to point out, now they're finding that they left little breadcrumbs for people to get in there. You know what that means? That means that's a bit of a trap. It's not something we want to use. That would happen when you're hacking a system. Um, so is there any corroboration to what... Uh, could happen with somebody accessing this via the internet and what we observed out at the polls. Yes, we've got affidavits talking about computer or network anomalies that happened at these, including one error message that says, warning, this computer is being hacked. <laughs> so guys, this is this is uh, really happened. It happened at the poll books for that. There's adjudicator, um, or I think it was the adjudicator stations. 
that had uh, uh, the computers down for about a half an hour inside of Detroit due to a network-related uh, issue. Um, furthermore, um, oh, there's another uh, data piece here. It says that, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft has present, pre prevented a hack attempt. That's a little bit nuts, considering that Microsoft Azure uh, platforms were used, but it was actually Akamai Technologies, which is using the Edge stuff. So I don't know how Microsoft would have prevented it because their cloud wasn't involved in this. So it's a little bit weird as, uh, you know, how this is going. I'm not understanding. It's very confusing. I'm telling you what I see because I know this software inside out. That's not on here, but I talked early on about... Uh We've got an affidavit that attests specifically to um, poll worker in Detroit that uh, observed the precinct printout at the end of the day and noticed that there was a bunch of write-in votes for that particular precinct. And the thing that was odd about that is that they did not see one ballot with a write-in vote on it the whole time they were doing that. And they got an affidavit to that effect. So what does this all add up to? I, I'm just going to say this is a referendum. There's only two choices for each of you uh, in this context. Number one, you believe in principle of constitutional governance and you, you realize that chain of custody is broken, there's significant evidence of election fraud, et cetera, or, and I'm not saying this term lightly here, or there's an attempted coup. And those aren't my words. That's a word of a registered Democrat, Brian McCaffrey, when he made his observation as to what was going on in the Philadelphia counting board. Like I said, this should concern people of every party inside America, any American citizen should be concerned about what they're seeing here. So what can you do as legislators? Well, I'm just going to give you a, a, what I would recommend, and you guys can uh, take the steps that you believe is appropriate. There's a lot of people are trying to con convince you right now that there's nothing you can do. It's been certified, move on. These, uh, there's nothing else that you can go off and do. I'm telling you that's not the truth. In the United States Constitution, Article 2 gives the legislature specific authority on how to allocate electoral, electoral college votes. It doesn't mean that the governor has any say in it. it means it's and because of Article Six, Section Two of the U.S. Constitution, Supremacy Clause, that supersedes anything we may have in statute here in the state of Michigan. Um, the uh, uh, furthermore, uh, Article Four, Section Four guarantees a Republican form of government. A Republican form of government means that people elect their representatives, which implies that we've got integrity around the election process itself. I believe this is just a small sample that one chain of this overall chain of custody around this election was broken. And, uh, and I just submitted to you for consideration. There are options uh, before you. And um, I'd just like to uh, yield the rest of my time here, if I could, for any questions that you may have. Uh, thank you, Senator Colbeck. Questions from Vice Chair Lucido. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Colbeck. I appreciate you coming and offering your testimony. I had listened to you about the chain of custody. We use that in criminal law. When you break the chain of custody, you find that there's a flaw, and as such, it makes for a difficult conviction. In fact, you throw the case out. Yeah. So I appreciate your analysis, but um, I like to get to what's called substantive mm -hmm. issues. You indicate that the vote tally um, affected the election. Mm -hmm. What offer of proof do you have? That's what they use in a courtroom. And I know this isn't a courtroom. Yep. This is a legislative process that you were a part of. Yeah. So, and I did talk to you on the phone, did I not this weekend? Uh, yep. I want to make sure when you came with your 
testimony mm -hmm. that you'd have offers of proof because as legislators, we'd like to take that information, digest it and bring it back to our districts, yeah. indicating what we've heard by the testimony because this isn't out there and I wish it was. Yeah. I wish it was on TV right now yeah. so that the people can hear exactly what these offers of proofs are. So you were down there, you were a poll challenger, you were looking at 800,000 votes that passed into Wayne County. Your vote tabulator, you said, or the vote tally affected this election. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's two pieces of evidence in that that I've talked about here today. Number one, I don't think anybody denies that there is a vote flipping that occurred in Antrim County. They're just curious as to what the cause was. So there's but no- that, that's, Not to stop you, but we had the clerk testify yeah. Were you a party to that testimony? No, I was not. So when the clerk testified, she gave her analysis yep. as the clerk, whether she's right, wrong, or indifferent, we could only take value of what the testimony was. Right. Same with us. She at first indicated that it must be a computer program software glitch. Mm -hmm. Later on, she found that she must have opened up, and I think it was Senator Tice, but I'm not going to speak for her just yet today, but it was somebody that opened up and changed the ballot that was already locked into place and had two nonpartisan candidates or counties or city, no, two nonpartisan communities yeah. that they locked in. And that's what caused, that's what was said to us, yeah. whether it's right or wrong. And I do appreciate your depth and scope about being an engineer and having this amazing ability to go ahead and, and, and try to identify and articulate these issues. The next thing is um, the electronic chain of custody. Mm -hmm. I'm real interested in this. Okay. If I have a computer with a ether cable rotor, and therefore um, I would have the ability to be hacked, I think you called it, mm -hmm. tell us how we don't have an expert in computer software with computer hardware about the cable rotor and the hacking portion that we can all digest as citizens. Yeah, well, number one, you need to have access after the fact. I mean, if they're... If they're Oops. All right. So uh, the reason I went down to D.C. and the reason Bergy went down to D.C. is bifurcated. One, we went there to tell them, go get the routers. Go get the routers. We need the routers because they overwrite themselves after a while by themselves. Please go get the routers because then we'll find out who, what, when, and where entered from who. Well, I already know the who. Well, from my personal knowledge, I know who. who. But this is why we went down there. Because here is how you find them. You literally find their computer. You can find where they were located. You can find everything you want because you can be accessed. Now, if the data has been overwritten, Bergie's the guy that can actually take that apart. There's not a lot of people on this planet that can do it, and he can so I have written this in affidavits with my name on it in 2019, 2018, and 2017, 2016. They had a bit of a physical hindrance and they couldn't deploy the script. I'm not going to get into that right now. But I'm just going to say in 2015, 2014, 2013, 2012, 2011, 2010, 
2009, there were maybe some, you know, comments sent to people in Congress, DHS, the DOJ saying, hey, so these election machines are totally piped up to the internet and things are being diddled. Um, Want to check this specific thing out? Let me let me just um, phrase it in this way. Uh, you you want to find something, you want to tell someone where to find it, so you give them the title. It's kind of like when I entrapped the really smart McCain bestie, limp-wristed Attorney General of North Dakota when they were trying to hide a uh, an agreement that they signed that they should have first of all asked the people of North Dakota to do right. So what I did was, hey, um, do you have this? No. Do you have this document maybe titled like this? And you give them the exact title, copy and paste the damn paragraph from the freaking document with the simple search. You'll find it. Do you? No. Oh, okay. Then you attach the document and say, you don't have this. Oh, oops. We missed that. No, you didn't. So these people that are in office now have already had the roadmap. And for me to dip into my, you know, Christmas fund and, you know, go to D.C., which I never wanted to ever, um, you know, it was like scorched earth man walking there. There were so many people that came out. Pretty sure Bob Mercer shitting his pants. So is Charles Black. That's a name you don't hear a lot about. But Charles Black needs to be careful. Um, so I didn't want to go down there. But bottom line is we need those routers. And those routers are going to show us where they pinged from, jumped from, went through. So, um... It's quite interesting how things are coming out. IP addresses can be masked, right? Uh, there's something called, you know, non-attribution. Uh, there's something called misattribution. Something I saw that the state of Pennsylvania was doing every time I was trying to ping them out. And that's a big deal because that's illegal. You can't use technology if you are part of my government and funded by the taxpayer to obfuscate what kind of systems you run. That's Al-Qaeda shit. That's why we created the scorecard. So this is, this is huge. Okay, this is huge. Um, so I want you to listen to this because it's actually been simplified. And like I said, that speaker that's talking right now, probably listen to my show from November 19th, 2019, because he's kind of speaking my language. They're not allowing me to inspect. And I was deliberately prohibited from getting close to a lot of these connections by one of the gentlemen that was up there and, and the configuration of the site. But I saw enough to indicate I could follow the connections between them. So, um, I mean, there's... When you, I don't know how much detail to go into on any of this stuff, but the bottom line is uh, if you're connecting, I, I can verify the physical connection between all those, the tabulators, the adjudicators, and the local data center with one another. We've already got Chris Thomas testifying that the local data center was connected to the internet. So the only question is, were there protections and layers in between that would give the appearance of an air gap? And I'm just telling you, I'm not the hacker that does this. I'm not a black hat that can go in and do this. But there it. are people that can do that. I got it. So then it comes down to this. Yeah. How does one maintain the chain of custody in electronics? Well, I think the only way to do that is what I was talking about, what usually happens in other precincts where the clerks are getting that information from an encrypted flash drive from a tabulator that's not connected to the Internet. Um, 
and and then transferring that in a sealed envelope up to the county so that they can add it to the tabulated results of the other areas. That did not happen in Detroit. I never saw one flash drive transferred from a computer to another computer. There was a wall up on, or up on the wall all around the center. There's there's a red area that was supposed to be where they put out the final precinct tallies, just like you would see in most other precincts, if you will. That never happened. Um, that They had all the zero printouts from all the tabulators, which is good. So they had them printed up for the beginning of the counting day, but they never had the final tally printed up there at all. So I would be very curious, and this is an area that I think, frankly, the burden of proof is on the Secretary of State and the Board of Canvassers, which is how do you verify that you maintain the chain of custody? Because I'd be very interested in their answer on that. The data transmission, and Mr. Chairman, going to Senator Colbeck's point, we are all elected. We all put a vote up on the board, and I've never seen a fraction, so thank you for sharing that because we don't have fraction votes. We have one vote for our district. Yeah, I was joking that sometimes you don't feel like your vote means as much as some other people's votes, but it's kind of a, uh, yeah. The data transmission, though, of the fractional vote, has anybody ever questioned the software company and ask them, is that a possibility? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, no, but it's undeniable that that's something that they use it for. I guess if I was to ask, I think they're using the software in 29 states. Is that correct? Uh, it depends on where you look. I've seen error from 28 to 30. Yeah. Okay. So we're right in the ballpark, just maybe a wrong base. But at the end of the day, yeah. has anybody asked the software company, including maybe the attorney general of this mm -hmm. state, could you explain how this fraction tallied, how it was possible that a fraction could even be thought about? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, no, but I do know that the state of Texas refused to procure Dominion voting system because of, of uh, security vulnerabilities. Um, Thank you very much for your testimony, and it's great to see you, Pat. Right, Thank thanks. you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Vice Chair Lucido. Senator Tice. Thank you very much. Thank you all for being here, and thank you, Senator Colbeck, for all your work. I know you've been um, almost nonstop on this, so thank you. Um, first off, can we get your presentation? He's got it. Great. And then secondarily, uh, we were speaking about Antrim County, and this is something that I've focused on quite a bit. So the, the issues that happened for her happened once she finalized the election and then realized there were candidates that needed to get added on to it. So she locked it, and then she unlocked it, changed it and relocked it again. All over the state, there were courts that ordered things on ballots after that deadline. And so I'm wondering, has anybody that you're aware of done the analysis in those communities to figure out whether or not those are accurate representations of what we would expect out of those communities? I don't believe it's been done. And this is why it's so concerning. If it was literally, if it wasn't for, for Bill Bailey saying mm -hmm. something's wrong here, there never would have been a recount. We never would have identified this software glitch slash clerical error slash whatever you want to call it. Um, so no, I anticipate that this is across the spectrum. When you look at what actually changed in there to testimony we were looking at earlier, um, this is affecting down ballot. I mean, I know we're all focused in on presidential race here, but man, I, I'm concerned all across the state for down ballot issues too. To your point, it was way down ballot she was, that she was making the changes. Yeah. It was it was at the it was at a township. No, it was at a village Schoolboard, level, yeah. and then millage level. So you were you were at at the lowest partisan, um, and then below that yeah. is what we were where the changes were being amended, and it affected all the way up to the top of the ballot. So I'm I, I find that 
disconcerting. And I'm wondering if anybody's done the analysis on the other counties where changes were made last minute. And this is, gets into a whole topic of reform down the road, but I'll tell you one of the biggest challenges to this whole thing, why there's delay and some of this information coming out is we've had literally had an army of volunteers trying to get the precinct by precinct results just for the presidential election. Then we're working our way down to U.S. Senate, to congressional races. It's tedious as heck. And a lot of people here are part of that that data warrior crew that's pulling this data together. But there's no reason we shouldn't have precinct by precinct roll-ups at the state level available for data mining analysis like you're suggesting. And then, uh, so there are a couple of things. They, one of the other commentaries that you said talked about having no registered voters. I know that many communities create a, a separate um, just kind of a, a separate area where they're doing all of the absentee tabulation. So you won't show any um, any in-person voting at that tabulation, but everybody is going to be absentee. And sometimes, I think, those registered voters would be reported within their precincts rather than in the absentee counting board. So I think it's possible that that might be, but, but I don't know. So again, we need to dig into it further, and I thank you for coming forward very, very much. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Tice. Senator Colbeck. Yes, sir. When it came to the Antrim County issue, did you um, observe the testimony of the clerk before the committees? Um, no, I haven't seen her specific testimony. Okay. I've been looking at some of the affidavits that were based on that testimony. So, you know, I asked this question uh, at that time regarding how such an anomaly may have been observed in a precinct, a county, where the weirdness of the result would not be as readily observable as it was obvious in Antrim County. And while it did, we had some trouble speaking the same language to each other, I mean, the answer is that the tabulators that received the votes and print up the tabulation sheet, mm -hmm. those didn't demonstrate the inaccuracy that the um, software analysis did for the unofficial vote count that was announced. And so when the board of canvassers would come together to certify the vote at a later time, they would have easily noticed that the tabulation sheets were not in accord with the unofficial vote count that was announced by the clerk. Yeah. And so are you disputing that that's a correct answer or is that answer, uh, satisfactory to you is as to how we can I'm not saying that recounts or audits shouldn't occur but I'm just saying that answer would seem to me to suffice to show that uh, some anomaly between what the software announces the vote is versus what the tabulators any discrepancy there would be noticed by the boards of canvassers no, it wouldn't if they're making up the proof. But um, this is a very good question. So pay attention to his answer. Okay. Not necessarily. And, okay. and so when I was in my engineering days, we do something called a failure modes and effects analysis. So you, I try to identify all the possible things that could go wrong. And in this, we think it's actually a design feature of Dominion to keep that tally in sync with the printout. So there's, but there's another step that happens in between. And that's a, kind of an all important step. First you scan it, then you allocate the vote, then it, it's printed. So in the translation between. Oh, wait a minute. You mean exactly what I said. You put your ballot in. It supposedly scans it. Sometimes some of them will scan it, 
Okay. Some of them will scan it. Some of them, they don't care if you drew Mickey Mouse on the freaking ballot. It's still going to count as they want. Uh, some of them go by QR codes. Some of them have, you know, regular codes. Some of them don't give a shit what you circle in. Uh, some of them do. They use what you circle in as a basis, right? And then when it goes in there, it gets mixed up, like I told you, takes votes from everything, and then it spits out whatever result it wants. That's basically what he's explaining. Between the scan and the vote tally itself, which is what gets printed on the card, which is supposed to correlate to the, to the printout, as long as you make your transition or switch before that, I understand then... That. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. I, I understand that vulnerability, theoretically. Yeah. But in the case of Antrim County, the tabulator sheets were accurate upon rerunning the numbers. It was simply the software. So the idea that the software was changing both the tabulator and the um, computer announced votes didn't occur there. The tabulators turned out to be uh, right on the money. It was just the other issue. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that what you're presenting isn't theoretically possible, but yeah. at least in Antrim County, that theory is not evidenced by what occurred yeah and, I, and i'm just when i did in my testimony i wanted to highlight all the different possibilities from a technical perspective on how that how that could be done how there are forensic move? experts that can testify to that specifically and this gets to a, a fundamental issue that we've had since day one on it is getting access to this information to go off and do that detailed forensic analysis and i don't think it's limited to antrim county how do we move though from what's possible yeah to what's actually happened by getting access to that actual data and, and so so those compact flashcards in particular are very important to get and access the chain to. of custody yep. issues i recognize exactly. that so one other question and then i have other members who are waiting um the it, these possibilities these possible vulnerabilities that you yep. detailed seem to me to be undercut in Michigan, and I don't know other states, but at yeah. least undercut in Michigan by the fact that we'd maintain the paper ballots. And so the opportunity to recount and the fact that every election cycle, there are random audits done yeah. that have continued to validate that the software has been accurate um, would seem to undercut this possibility is happening or being something somebody would attempt to do in Michigan. This is it gets into a very complex discussion because now there's it's conceivable you can go back in and pre prepare whatever ballot tally you want in physical ballot form to match the numbers that you want to have in the physical and in, in the final vote tally. It's possible to go off and map it together, which is one of the reasons why it's so concerning as to how sloppy it was in Wayne County in regards to the idea of poll books balancing with the with the number of ballots that were out there. Um, so I, I just wanna highlight that, that I focused in on vote tallies as part of the key issue on it, but where you're going starts taking us upstream as well into the ballots themselves. Cause you're looking and saying, hey, these are what the ballots said. There's no discrepancy associated with it. It gets into a discussion of where do those ballots come from? What was the chain of custody around those ballots? What's the chain of custody between the ballots and the person who was supposed to have voted for that ballot. Did you maintain that in the poll book with the verification? So all I'm suggesting on this is that I, I'm just zeroing in on how the heck did you transfer the results from tabulator A upstream to county and other areas? Is there evidence to suggest that there's a concern, not just in Antrim County, but keep in mind the other testimony that was for 289,000 votes that were pushed out 
uh, as the official vote tally or whatever uh, from those four counties that exceeded the complete scanning capacity of those four counties during that time frame. Um, that's an explanation that I'd really like to, to see. So I, the stuff you're talking about, it's gonna get into a detailed discussion of everything upstream of that chain of custody. But Senator, help me understand, if, if, the, if a person or persons had the ability to stuff the box, yeah. you yeah. know, for, you know, just to borrow colloquialism, Electronically, yeah. to stuff the box with the paper ballots, as you're mentioning, yeah. then what would the need be to have the software provide an inaccurate count? I mean, if you have the ability for to- recount. Yeah. I guess I, I'm, I'm just, I don't, it seems like one or the other is all that's- No, I'm not sure I mean, why ultimately when it's all See, said and done- cleared it up. I mean, you, he said, why would we stuff it for recounts, dude? That's what's up. We need the evidence for the recounts because, you know, when people like us walk in and we're like, all right, let's check this. You got to have the ballots because the hard evidence proves the yay or the nay, right? That's the way it goes. Now, there's so much buckery going on. Like, we have you the people have no idea just how many people, well, you probably do. There's tons of people working for us, but there's also a lot of people that are working against us and against even the people that are working for us, which is even more disgusting. So um, the Georgia, as you know, uh, they've been wiping machines. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, involved in a lot of shenanigans and people are questioning these um, actions and, and rightly so, rightly so. So before we get into it, I wanted us to shift a few gears and watch uh, this amazing video. Okay, man, James O'Keefe is so badass. Like, I don't know if you guys watched this, but for you, for, for those of you that haven't, and for those of you that are listening to this on a podcast, this is so incredible. I mean, I wish I could have a troll moment like this in my life. Just, you know, just to do this to kind of, well, I've had it, but not, not, not those that I can repeat, but it, it, it was incredible to um, watch and hear this. So I'm going to play this for you uh, because James O'Keefe has been hopping on to the 9am calls with CNN just listening to them and recording them for a while. And so uh, now he live streams the last one before he tells them, ha ha, I've been listening to you. That's what's up. So I want you guys to listen to this because it's it's pretty incredible and it's pretty damning. Okay, um, let's play this. You're unmuted. Hey, Jeff Zucker, are you there? Hey, this is James O'Keefe. Uh, we've been listening to your CNN calls for basically two months, uh, recording everything. Um, just want to ask you some questions if you have a minute. Um, do you still feel you're the most trusted name in news? Because I have to say, from what I've been hearing on these phone calls, I don't know about that. I mean, we get a lot of recordings that indicate you're not really that uh, independent of a, of a journalist. Okay. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for. Uh, your comments. Um, so everybody in light of that, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll set up a, a, a new system and we'll, uh, we'll be back with you. 
We'll do the rest of the call uh, a little bit later. We're going to release those recordings today at 7 o'clock. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. So um, you just heard me talk to uh, uh, the president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, and inform him that um, uh, that we are going to release uh, a number of recordings today. Uh, I unmuted myself into the conference line, and they're still on there. They're listening to me right now. Uh, this is being live streamed for those of you still on the call. Um, and uh, we've recorded for a while, and we have clips of various producers talking, the president talking, describing uh, their motives, describing uh, their political philosophy, describing how they don't cover certain things and certain political parties tell them to cover things a certain way. Lots of little clips that takes us into the minds and hearts of our people, powers that be, that inform us because government is downstream from media. So we're going to be releasing these tapes thanks to one of our sources, one of our brave insiders has given us this information. And um, as you can see, they're still milling about on the call. They're listening to me right now. They have to, quote, change their system uh, and a different dial-in, I guess, now because we've compromised dial-in. Well, I guess we need to change the channel, huh? I changed the number, huh? Is that Zucker there? Store six again. You're unmuted. Hey, Jeff, you still there? Yeah. They're still on there. Yeah, so we don't want to change the channel, really. We want to stay on the channel. Um, we think it's important for the American people to, to know how you make the sausage, right? How you, to quote Noam Chomsky, manufacture consent. You know, consent should not be manufactured. It should be informed. People should be an informed populace to make informed decisions. So there you have it, folks. Um, live streaming the CNN 9 a.m. conference call. It was abruptly ended when James O'Keefe. AT&T. AT&T. Isn't that the company that Zucker is being fired from? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. They abruptly ended the conference call when I dialed in, and uh, unfortunately for them, we've been recording for a while. So, um, what else can I say? There's not much else to say. I think, get ready. I, think, I think my message to you for those watching the live stream is get ready, because tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we're going to start releasing these little, little tapes, little clips, little clips, little audio bits of Zucker, the president, who also, uh, Chalian, David Chalian, yeah, Vice yeah. President. Stephanie Becker. Stephanie Becker. Um, what's the name? Marcus, Marcus Mabry. Mabry. Marcus Mabry. Who's the other man that made the comments about, um, that we recorded about um, white supremacy? Marcus that was Mez Mabry. Marcus Mabry yeah. made some comments. And, uh, you know, we'll be airing those for all to hear and see. And it's important that we hold accountable the mainstream media. The media has to be held to account. They are hurting the American people with their lies, their innuendo, their slander, their defamation, their hyperbole. Um, and uh, I think Mr. Zucker is shaking in his boots right now. I think he's very afraid of what might be coming. So I don't really know what else to say, guys. I mean, content is king. And um, we were trying to live stream the beginning of the call, but we didn't know when Zucker was going to come in and, and interject and and, uh, and and ask the question. So we just sort of got there. We sort of got in just a nick of time. What else? More insiders. Yeah, more insiders. More insiders. Thank you to the brave insider who supplied us the information for the call. Um, Veritas tips at protonmail.com. 
Stay tuned. What's the hashtag? CNN Tapes. Stay tuned. Hashtag CNN Tapes. Released today. Multiple installments every day, each day, this week. It's going to be great. Um, this is going to be a great thing. It's going to be a great thing for our republic and our, for our democracy. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Like, you need to hold me to account. Stay tuned. Hashtag CNN Tapes tonight, 7 o'clock. So hot. So hot. Seriously. Like, that's incredible, right? Totally called out. Totally got them. It's kind of like, uh, you know, sitting in on the Zoom calls with these traders. These people that want 1984 faster than anything. I mean... We've seen everything in 2020. Like I said, we should just hijack it and say we're reclaiming our time and we're just ignore the last year and just go straight to 2020 restart. Um, let's just pretend it was 2019. All right. Let's just pretend it's 2019. So um, that's pretty interesting. I just thought I'd uh, give you that heads up because that should be coming. But I also found this very interesting video that I wanted to share with you. Um. It's a, an actual professor talking about um, China taking over the United States or something. I wanted you to listen to this with me so we could kind of discuss it a little bit, just a little bit, because uh, I found it quite interesting. So let's take a listen to this. I found this on Twitter. Here we go. Okay, so because it's in uh, Chinese, I'm going to have to read it out uh, for those that are listening to this on a podcast. So I apologize for the interjections. So we've realized what has gone wrong in the U.S. The whole world knows that the U.S. is with the largest percentage of religious belief in the world. 最高的比一个百分之九十五到九十。Ninety-five what they what are they grateful for then? Socialism, the China Communist Party. Why? Because they think money is more important than God. They think money is more important than their families. Therefore, as capitalism puts money first over anything. Wait a minute. Missed that one. I'm going to read it. And he said, socialism can funnel the funding to them. They've compromised to socialism. Here you can see them one by one. Those so-called political elites, intellectuals, and scientists. They are corrupt to the core. And low to the core. Full of nonsense. They sold out their body and soul so easily. In the face of the CCP virus and the Hong Kong crisis, 
They've totally compromised. They've totally compromised by CCP's BGY scheme. God has given us eternal life, and our parents brought us to this world. A legitimate and good government regime has protected my family and all of us. However, all these three elements are gone. CCP is more important than your parents. A country has become a mob organization controlled by a bunch of rogues. The CCP's been blaspheming God and trying to get, trying to be God itself. We need to be thankful again. We need to break through an important barrier in front of us. They want to build up their importance. They want to replace your family, and this is the core. Today, the U.S. has fallen thus far. He said karma. It's the karma for what it has done. At this Thanksgiving, they need to figure out the direction for the U.S. I said once during my live broadcast almost 10 years ago, all the basic facts will probably come out by the 25th of November. Remember? Basically, the result will come out on the 8th of December. Now we've all seen America is still blessed by God. Even if you abandon God, God would still bless you. Justice does not exist in this country. Now, uh, you know, he summarizes some very important key features, December 8th. See, a lot of people keep talking about December 12th. I've said that December 8th is the stopping point. And um, I was uh, talking with people that December 8th is the tipping point. That is where we need to uh, be there uh, and show up. Now, the United States of America uh, is indeed... Um, a nation that was founded on the principles of love and Christianity. We are a nation that uh, believes in good. We are innately good. And these are the foundations that this nation was born upon. And we have succumbed to socialism uh, because we have been uh, destroyed from the core. And I say this again and again. The day that we created social security, was the day that family 
was starting to be eroded. Why? They created Social Security by pushing it on to everyone back in the early 1900s as a way for the children not to have the burden of taking care of their parents. They broke up the family unit. There are people that don't see family, talk to family, live with family, people that don't even know who their cousins are. And that has been done over, you know, a century, slowly but surely. And the minute they took that away and said, you don't have to hang out with your elders. You don't need to look after your mom who wiped your ass for the first five years of your life. And who cares if your dad can afford his medicine or eat? You're you. Look at you. So they started this whole Social Security uh, debacle, and that is how they started to destroy family. I say it goes all the way back then, and then they created this fiat currency. They just screwed us on all ends. But that is where it starts. If you want to tackle a problem, you got to see where the root of the problem is. You don't kind of just guess, right? So the root of the problem is right there. Where they said you shouldn't be responsible for your parents. You shouldn't, uh, you know, have a home and take care of them. You shouldn't go and feed them and help them when they're in diapers because they did it for you. No, 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 no. The government will take care of that. Don't worry about it. And then it started to move along. Divorce was okay. Not having children was okay. Um, not having this. And uh, all the while, while they've destroyed family from the core, which is to separate the children from the parents. And I know a lot of you say, well, I still have a relationship. I'm talking about what's on paper. We've been paying them to destroy our families because we've been paying in Social Security. And in the end, some housewife, you know, that has been supporting her children all her life, only gets $300 a month. What's she going to do with $300? I, there are so many times that I've encountered in my career where I am auditing discussions with Medicare and Medicaid with older people uh, that speak an array of languages, of course, where, you know, they're going on Medicaid and so their state recovery to take their property, right? Because their kids can't be bothered to feed them. The kids are like, just get food stamps, just do this. So these people have worked all their lives to raise these kids and that's what's up. You just abandon your parents and say, well, you know, they have health issues. I can't help. We're supposed to be helping each other. We're supposed to do it. And this, this little, you know, blurb that this man put out is it. We have destroyed the foundations of creating a family. Now we've destroyed the foundations of what it is to have a gender. I, it was a couple weeks ago that, that my daughter was at school and she was having an argument saying, no, there aren't more than two genders. There are two. And I mean, you could identify as whatever you want. I can identify as a piece of furniture if I want to. I mean, hell, Biden's identifying as president-elect. Identifying is not the same thing as what is a fact. So they have been destroying this and eroding this so that way we can dependent, be dependent on the teat of the government. So, you know, that's that's basically it. This is where our problem lies. And we are trying to unify and create family. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Donald Trump has had a lot of wives. And yeah, right, so he liked the hot women. But look at him. He's got how many kids? He's got how many grandkids? This man has been completely blessed. And even though, you know, in his personal life, didn't work out for him that well with Ivana and Marla Maples was a great fling, right? And then he landed on Melania. Sometimes people do that. You know, they marry, they do things, whatever, who cares? But he has not neglected any of his children.
He has been there 100% creating this unity. So this is the way it is. I mean, I say this all the time and, you know, I wish I had tons of children. God knew what he was doing not to provide them to me. But I can tell you as a woman, I wanted to have a freaking football team. And if every American had a football team of children, right, and train them correctly, use your guns, use your words, love this nation, we would not be in the place we are now. Because apparently the go the, the saying, and I remember hearing this as a kid, was, oh, every American dream is to have the white picket fence and 2.1 children. It's like, uh, so we've got decimals on kids. I'm just saying, children aren't for everyone, right? People make their choices, right? But family is everything. You know, I, um, I have family, obviously they're not here because my parents were immigrants. Right. Um, so, but my first cousins are like my, my siblings and that's the way it should be. Cause then when a sibling of mine, cousin of mine, who's, I don't know, I have tons of them scattered throughout the world, right. Are in trouble. I'm there for them. And that's how it should be. That is how it should be. And that's the way America used to operate too. That's the way America used to operate. This is why we were so great when it came down to World War I and World War II. We had that nuclear family going and everything. And this is why we were so productive. And we did that production thinking it was benefiting our nation. But instead, it was benefiting, funding, and driving the military-industrial complex. And the military-industrial complex is the one that tells you what you should and shouldn't have. That it really sucks. So I just wanted to kind of like say that because it's really important that we understand what the core is. Again, a lot of people don't want to have kids. A lot of people are indeed attracted to the same sex. You know, like I don't fault women for liking women and I don't fault men for liking men. Do your thing, whatever floats your boat. I'm saying though, that there's a lot of people that I know that have, um, you know, even transitioned into the other sex that are homosexual sexual, that are pansexuals, whatever you want to call it. Right. And you know what they tell me their struggle is. And I think we heard Milo say it is that they will never have that nuclear family to have the kids. They can in alternate ways, like maybe find a best friend if you're a gay guy and have a kid because you can still have mom and dad in the picture. Right. But again, it's all about family. Family doesn't always have to be blood either, right? Uh, because for me, I've realized that um, even though most of my blood family is scattered around all time zones around the world, right? And we unite over the phone or over a funeral or a wedding. Um, and, you know, my, my, my youngest cousin actually got married last month and I couldn't be there. Totally really made me sad because uh, of this COVID thing. But, um, you know, we all need to bind together and be united as a unit. And the reason America was so great, right, when it kicked off was because your neighbor was your family right? The guy that lived across the street, the grumpy guy that would put his trash out on time at the same time every day, the dude that would yell at your kids for making too much noise because they're playing, right? He would still be your family. If shit went down, the guy would come to you and help you. If your mailbox was broken, he would uh, fix it without you even asking. He'd see it and say, let me help my neighbor. Uh, that is the way America was incredible. That unity and love, because it is a nation of immigrants, right? We are a nation of immigrants. And what, what binds us in the United States is that flag and that 
need for union. So I, I, I know it's a little bit off topic of what I wanted to talk today, but I, I think it's really important. I mean, it is December 1st and it's the first day of Christmas and I'm upset because I'm supposed to be doing elf on the shelf wars, um, with friends. And I got everybody an elf and uh, mine's not here yet. And I really wanted to make scan scandalous elf things. Um, so that was just the thought, how we need to be reinforcing family and unity. Like everyone that um, uh, listens to me um, on the air, on YouTube, the letters. Okay, guys, I am going through every single letter and I'm writing all of them today. I have just been in such a disarray and I'm really trying to, but I can't tell you what I've been working on. And it's, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just been really, really busy. Just saying. I consider all of you my family because we are, you know, a unit. We are America. And uh, the more we, um, you know, get together, the stronger we are. We're, um, even though the word fascism comes from the word fascia, which means a bundle of sticks, right? Which means you can't break. Um, see how they claim that damn definitions, right? But we're a fascia. We don't crack when we're united and we're not going to let them do this. And no matter how much we're walking right into their trap, it's because there's another plan, you know, brewing in the background. And um, I think Gavin uh, tweeted out, Millie's um, husband tweeted out um, how, if you look at Millie's playlist clues, you'll understand why um, she did those reports, you'll get it. So I think she's going to put a mishmash of reports so you can understand why I keep saying it had to happen this way. It really had to happen this way. And every single one of you is playing a very crucial role in this scenario, in this movie that may indeed be scripted, but, you know, without the actors and the components, it doesn't work. And you have a role, you just don't know it. Now, I wanted um, to um, put on one of my favorite people, Rick Grinnell, who spit truth like nobody's business, uh, who had an interview on Newsmax, um, and he, he spit some nice truths. And I wanted to play this so we can comment on this because it's pretty delicious. Well, I'm still stuffed. Happy Cyber Monday. <laughs> Welcome to another great week of Spicer and Company. I'm Sean Spicer. And I'm Lindsay Keith. Well, Sean, hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend and you as at home there as well. And maybe got some good deals today <laughs> and on Black Friday. It's the deals not are over. still happening. I know. Go home after this and just score the internet and see what I can find out <laughs> there. Uh, you know, but big news uh, coming out of this weekend was that Joe Biden has announced his White House communications team and has appointed many women uh, for key roles. But, you know, the interesting thing is here, Sean, the mainstream media is spinning this a bit to fit the narrative that they want to create. Yeah, shocker. Well, it was funny. You started seeing these stories pop from the Washington Times and CNN and the New York Times. I mean, take a look at a couple of these headlines, Lindsay. Biden announces all-female senior White House communications team. The Washington Post, Biden hires all-female senior communications team, names Nina Terridan, director of OMB. The New York Times, Jen Psaki to be press secretary as Biden names all-female communications team. You know the funny thing about this is? I, I, there was something that I just couldn't put my finger on out of all these big, huge headlines. And then 
Kelly McEnany tweeted it out and I knew I was right. She said, President real Donald Trump already has all female senior White House press team. So does VP Pence. So does FLOTUS. So does Second Lady. The complete discredited Washington Post once again reveals their blinding propagandist fake news proclivities. It's It was unbelievably, Lindsay, to see that this was the deal, that these guys, and, and I mean, let me just show you this, this, some of these pictures that they put out kind of proclaiming that these were just, it was so amazing. He was bringing in all these women, which is a great thing, right? Yeah, so amazing. let's show the Biden team. Can we, we have a, I think, I think, we, have I think we have a full screen of that, but it, I mean, it is amazing. There it are. is. Wow. You know, it's amazing. And then let's show the Trump team. Can I get that one? There we go. Wow. Look at all of these women. Although they do have a couple men in there. So it's not like it's entirely all female, but it's not like, I mean, you look at the top ranks, Kaylee McEnany, press secretary, Lisa Farah. I mean, this is, it is amazing the lengths to which. So are we going back to this privilege thing? So all women, all women has to be. Where's the diversity in the Biden team when it's all vaginas? Tell me. It's all vaginas. That seems like, what do they call it? White privilege. I think this is vagina privilege, right? It's pretty insane. You're shoving it down your throat that it has to be all women. That's just insane. The media is going to create this halo around Joe Biden and his team. Nothing they do wrong. Everything they do is right. The people that they're picking are amazing. They're just <laughs> such great people. Um, you know, it, it is, it is, it doesn't blow. Like the Podestas, right? Or Hillary comes in for Department of Defense, right? Me away that much. I want to bring in our first guest, though, to weigh in on this. Former acting director of national intelligence and former ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell. Ambassador, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. It's good to be here with you and Lindsay. Um, I, you know, I was just sitting here as you were talking, thinking, what is the Washington uh, Post and the other media outlets going to do when Biden appoints the first openly gay cabinet secretary? I mean, well, he can't. it's going to be crazy. Can he do that? <laughs> no, of course not. That's already been done. By <laughs> that Donald was Trump. by you. Um, you know, it's funny, though. I want to show you this. I know you're director of national intelligence, so this should not be a tough one for you. But I think the Washington Post and others tried to pull the wool over people's eyes. We did a quick little very, you know, off by, you know, comparison. Let me just show you what it looks like. This this narrative here. Here are some of the headlines that they put up. Right. Talking about how amazing and historic this is. But let me show you the side by side of what this is. OK, so there you go. There's a the position. Joe Biden's pick was was Jen Psaki, a female, Donald Trump's, Kaylee McEnany, a female, comms director, Kate Bedingfield, it's already filled by a female, Alyssa Farah. Now the deputy comms director is going to be a female there, and Brian Morgenstern feels it on the, on the, on the, but the, um, the VP spokesman that he is named for Kamala Harris would be Simone Sanders. It's filled by Devin O'Malley. The VP comms director, um, already on the Donald Trump side, Katie Miller, and the VP constructor for FLOTUS, the first lady, is Stephanie Grisham. The point, Rick, is that this president, and this is just the second iteration, you used to have Mercy Slap and Hope Hicks and Kellyanne Conway. This president that currently sits in the Oval Office has promoted women, has brought in a historic number, and yet the press ignored that. Look, I think we're at the point where we've got to recognize that the Washington, D.C. press corps is 
a bunch of advocates. They are a bunch of advocates. And so we have to stop expecting that they're going to actually play fair. We have to start treating them exactly like who they are, which are a bunch of advocates for the Democrats. And we know this and we keep hearing it over and over. And the, the proof is going to even be more in our face with uh, a, an incoming administration and how they're going to treat uh, you know, Democrats and, and the potential nominees that we're hearing. This is uh, the story over and over. So I, I actually think that we as consumers of news, we have to stop expecting that the media in Washington, D.C. are going to play fair and just start assuming that they don't play fair and therefore we're going to have to tell the story. Yeah, and you helped do that because you said you retweeted um, this tweet that came out from Cliff Levy who said, quarter of the mission to the New York Times mission, we're going to scrutinize the incoming administration just as we did thoroughly to the outgoing one. I mean, are you kidding me? These guys have come up with some of the most kid question gloves. I mean, it's not even kid question and kid gloves. It's baby gloves and baby mittens, the way they've handled this team, their incoming folks, and 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 uh, Joe Biden himself. I baby. So I'm pausing it on this screen right here. I just want to read this out. On the tweet, so Eric Lipton from New York Times tweets out, takes a deep look at West Exec, secretive counseling consulting firm run by several key Biden advisors. West, Ex, West Exec has become effectively a White House in waiting. Clients include an artificial intelligence firm selling drones to the Pentagon. Okay, this is where I'm going to pause this. I'm going to show you something that I tweeted out. I think it was yesterday uh, because drones are a very big concern. And there's a senator, John Hoven, who's invested a lot of money. And like I told you, uh, North Dakota is the proving ground for crap they want to put out in, out to the rest of the United States. But in other countries right now, thanks to the U.N. that migrated to South uh, Africa, right, their headquarters are are now in South Africa. Well, now they use drones uh, to tell you to go home because of coronavirus and they chase you down. I'd like to show you this really, really, really small 17 second clip so that you can get an idea of what that means. Sorry, I replayed it a few times. I replayed it a few times because my screen got stuck. So this is where drones are out in the streets um, and telling people that they need to go home. All right. These are patrolling the sky and telling people to go home in the Netherlands. That's pretty cray cray.
That's pretty cray cray, considering that uh, Governor Burgum in North Dakota was looking to get um, drones uh, put forward and to be able to take your temperature and tell the world if you're sick. And if you cough, the drone would take a picture and take your temperature and document you. Remember, that was actually being done at the beginning of this COVID uh, pandemic. So it's um, really, really important uh, that you... Um, watch what's going on in the background. So I wanted to show you that as we continue with what Rick Grinnell has to say, because um, it's uh, it's quite eye-opening. So let me put that back. And again, I apologize for the delay on the video. Um, my computer didn't want to be my friend because I'm doing a hundred things at once. I mean, you wouldn't even believe it if I, if I showed it to you. You'd be like, what? Here we go. Mittens, the way they've handled this team, their incoming folks, and 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 uh, Joe Biden himself. I, I think literally, Sean, we're at the point though. It's burn me once, uh, and, and shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me, because we've seen this movie over and over, and we've got to stop expecting to be treated fairly and start doing. I think what President Trump has done, which is take to social media, tell your own story, be aggressive about it, ignore the Washington DC advocates. I mean, I've never seen the Washington Post and the New York Times group be so partisan. It's unbelievable. The national security teams uh, are really incredibly partisan towards the Democrats. Uh, there was even a story recently where um, I got some inside information about the New York Times national security team where the national security editor didn't get to edit a story. A story was kicked to the political editor at the New York Times. A very big breaking news national security story, not edited by the national security editor at the New York Times. They gave it to a political uh, editor so that it could be more politicized. This is an open secret now in Washington, and we've got to be smart about what we're dealing with. Stop expecting that we're going to be treated fairly and get our own stories out and be aggressive about ignoring them. I couldn't agree with you more. The funny thing is they love to talk about right-leaning media, and they act as though that they are neutral or in the middle. But to your point about national security, I want to, I want to ask you about this. This is definitely in your wheelhouse here. Um, over the weekend, uh, you know, an official from Iran was assassinated. Someone in your world, but on the other side, John Brennan tweeted that, quote, this was a criminal act and highly reckless. It risks lethal retaliation and a new round of regional conflict. Iranian leaders would be wise to wait for the return of responsible American leadership uh, to resist the urge to respond. Now, regardless of his pontificating at the end, how worried should anyone be about Israel or anyone else uh, being retaliated upon? Well, first of all, let's be clear about uh, about the situation. Nobody knows exactly, the public does not know exactly what happened or who's responsible. And we're certainly not gonna get into the details of classified information. But uh, let me just say about John Brennan, every single time there is a story about the Iranian regime, you can count on John Brennan giving aid and comfort to the Iranian regime. This is a horrific pattern from him. And it's got to stop. He, he's an American who's had access at the highest levels of our U.S. intelligence. He probably still has access to a certain level of intelligence. And for him to constantly take the side of the Iranian regime is scary. And I feel like we've got to start making it very clear 
that we know his pattern, we know what he always does, and he's always going to be against Israel, always going to be for the Iranian regime, and it's really getting sickening. No, you're right. It is It is sad to see how these guys handle it. It is, um, it is. Let me just ask you real quick before. I'm going to end that right there because um, I want to take a break quickly and give us some music, and it's going to be, again, healing these broken wings. So, um, But I want you guys to remember that um, Iran – uh, actually got an office of Akamai Technologies in 2019. And in 2018, Akamai Technologies purchased a, uh, a Chinese telecom company called Unicom. It's very interesting. And remember, remember that company name. And those of you that like to dig, feel free. On that note, let's just listen to this beautiful lady and her rendition of our nation's broken wings and we're gonna fly super high i'm just telling you no more broken wings we got stealth wings now Hooray! She's totally feeling herself. I love it. I love it. So I hope all of you took a nice uh, break. I actually had to take a break. I wanted to get a coffee, but I couldn't do that because I had to make a phone call because there's a lot going on right now. A lot going on. Um, so uh, the words of this song are what is important. I mean, the eye candy of this beautiful lady totally feeling herself and giving a great addition is, um, is nice. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier, right? Makes it a lot easier to listen to hard truths, right? Hard truths. Um, so what are these hard truths that we need to listen to? Well, Sidney Powell has been causing some major waves, and so be it. There are people within our establishment that do not want Sidney Powell to come forward at all. And there's a reason that they don't want to, because they can't control her. The people you cannot control are the ones you fear the most. You fear them more than people like me who don't exist. And that's key. They do not want her succeeding. They do not like what she's doing. And yet she is the one that is making the waves. Because righteous people, good people, don't stop. They really don't stop. And I love that about her, her tenacity, her um, ability to keep moving forward, uh, in, even though those that you would believe are standing by her side or not. She's doing an amazing job. Now, let's take a listen to her. One of her most recent interviews, it's quite telling. And she tells you a lot, a lot, because good. Does ne never ever does good stand down never ever can you hide the truth you can obfuscate it but you can't hide it here we go 
Joining me now is best-selling author of the book License to Lie for Federal Prosecutor and General Michael Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, Counsel, tell us a little bit about the challenges that the Trump administration is facing, and what are your thoughts on whether or not they will be able to flip any states? They're facing an election that was absolutely rigged. It is, we are soaking in information through fire hoses of, of complicated mathematical alterations to the votes. We have identified the system capability that does it. It does in fact exist regardless of what the name of it is. It works through the Dominion company's uh, voting machines that were in 30 states and does indeed alter and flip voting results. So, so can, you tell me, have, can you tell me right there, I, I understand that. So there were these Dominion machines that were voting machines and in, in as you point out, there are in multiple, multiple uh, counties across the country that may have changed. How do you know this? How, where's the, do you have, I, 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 listen, I'm not pushing back on you because I know everyone's going crazy right now, but is there proof of that? Yes, well, the Dominion machines are in 30 states we're identifying the companies that created the software. They've done this in other countries around the world. It's incredibly disturbing, and we will hopefully have evidence of it before the end of the week that we can produce publicly. And uh, the Justice Department and the FBI and the intelligence agencies, I think, have known about this before. So why nothing has been done about it yet is beyond my comprehension. That's what's up beyond her comprehension. And it is beyond mine, too. I mean, I sent an affidavit in 2019 with more supporting evidence. Sent one in 2018, sent one in 2017, sent one in 2015, sent an anonymous one in 2014, 2013, 2012, 2011, 2010. So if they know about it, right, if they know about it, why aren't they fixing it? I'll tell you why. It's power. It's complete and utter power. Because what I saw in Washington, D.C. are groups of people that are trying to compartmentalize information. They do not want to rip the Band-Aid off. They do not want you to see. Right? They don't want you to see where it ends. But like I told you, the first four years was to loosen the dirt around the roots of these weeds that have been growing within our nation before the ink even dried on the declaration. Huh. <laughs> and yet it has been done. This had to happen this way. I've been saying this for years. It had to happen this way. Because now you can see where the chips lie. You can see where people are. I mean, I know people are probably aware of me too because I work for all these people, right? <laughs> but pretty much keys to the kingdom right here, guys. Take it. Take it. And she's telling you that there's a mountain of such evidence, which means that there are rank and files, which makes me smile. I don't know if you guys can hear the smile, but from her statements, what it's telling us is that there are other people that may not be non-existent like me that have come forward. And for that, if any of you are listening, I'm super grateful for you to do that. America thanks you for that because it's important. It's very important.
And you know how everyone's talking about these German servers. Ooh. Where did you hear that? Actually, where did you first read that? December? No, it was June, maybe May or July of 2018, where I put my name on it rather than just tweeting it out, you know, from that other Twitter account that was completely banned. I mean, again, everyone's talking about Germany. Everyone's talking about... It's like, stop. It's always been there. Take a step back. Now... Since you know it's always been there, nobody wants a cookie. I don't want a cookie for saying, oh, there it is. I want you to take a step back and see just how many people are jumping in to block that information or control that information. Because that is where you see the enemies of your nation, right? Tor, Tory, Taurus. It all goes around like a Taurus, an infinite Taurus of information. And, you know, hey, that's the way it is. She's telling you things you've heard from me. And maybe those of you that have been following me since forever have seen it on Twitter. 2010, maybe. 2009, maybe. Maybe some articles on the HuffPo where I buried some stuff. Maybe, maybe. Right? With little, little clues to crumb your way to the information. Because, again... The truth will hit you like a freaking boulder in the face. It is such a difficult pill to swallow. It's hard for me to swallow. And I've been living it for over a decade. So, again, people like me don't exist. So it's very difficult. But when other rank and files, and again, I hope you can hear my smile through my voice, have come forward, I'm so damn proud. So damn proud that they chose country, family, and future over self-preservation. And this woman right here on your screens and who you're listening to, she's chosen that too. But it's fixing to go public because I'm not going to stand by and watch the American public be defrauded of their chosen leader in a free country, country that's supposed to be free not run by Venezuela or China. Cindy, very important information news you're breaking here. Uh, is it a, a software glitch or something no, more nefarious? It's a feature. A freaking glitch. It's like Antifa dildo waivers, right? They're the front. The actual people behind them is ridiculous. A glitch makes it sound like you need to smack the machine and it'll fix itself. This is fixed elections. The day those machines turn on, they already know what the output's going to be. They don't give a shit what you put in them. They really don't. That's it. it. They really don't. They don't care. They don't care what you vote for. It's there. It's already pre-programmed. Nature of the system that was designed with a back door so that people could watch in real time and calculate with an algorithm how many votes they needed to change to make the result they wanted to create. How did you find out about this? People have come to me with information. I think when people realize there's somebody they can trust that will actually do something about it, they speak up. We have a lot of patriots in this country. They are absolutely fed up to the gills with corruption at every level of government. They have no trust in our public institutions now, and we will not let this election be stolen or any cheating to survive. So, so let me get this straight. And it's a real important point here. 
Dominion voting machines were in numerous states, numerous counties. There's some sort of software backdoor, the, not unlike most phones will have a backdoor, but this, is, this will actually calculate and tell the person accessing the backdoor what type of voting percentages and what type of numbers are needed to change the win for a certain party, for a certain candidate. Exactly. They can watch the voting real time. They run a computer algorithm on it as needed to either flip votes, take votes out, or alter the votes to make a candidate win. So that's different. Now, now, now you're, this is even different. I, and I just really want to be very, very careful here and be very meticulous about this one. It's one thing to be able to watch it and decide how much more input you need to change to change the number. But now you're saying there's an actual way to change the, the, the total, the vote tallies within the system. That's exactly right. This guy, you guys need to email him my show, the 50 minutes, the last 50 minutes of my show from November 19th, 2019. Because it seems like either he's playing dumb, right? Or he is dumb. Because this back door is actually a trap door. And the back door that they enter from is the routers, right? Or maybe a printer that's connected to it, you know, and cracking through that way to run scripts on the algorithm when the algorithm fails. Algorithms, I'll explain to you pretty simple. You say, I want result X, right? I want the result that every chip, that every vote that comes in comes out the color pink, right? Uh, no, I wanna give 50 pink, 40 blue, and 10 green, right? And the algorithm in there that shuffles the votes knows exactly what you want. But sometimes if it's scanning your actual bubbles and it's fractionalizing from there, you know, it can break because that's what happened with President Trump. So that's what happened in 2016. They couldn't deploy the damn scripts because there was a physical hindrance. That story will come out one day with the GoPro. So there was a physical hindrance where they couldn't even get in to run the scripts. And what are these scripts? These scripts are <clears throat> to pause the machine from mixing. And they get in because they know the commitment parameters, right? They get in and then they're like, all right, dude, it's too heavy on the on the on the pink on the blue side on you know whatever so we need to fix this so what do they do they say okay if we adjust it based on what we have so far we project that it will be so many more boom here's a hundred thousand votes toward pink and that way um it'll self-adjust so then the algorithm just keeps going it's like a I want to say a seesaw, right? And you got to have equal weight on each side. But if somebody walks across the seesaw while it's balanced, they could walk wherever they want. I want you to visualize it in your mind. This is how the algorithm works. You do whatever the hell you want on that seesaw plank within the two ends. But what if, you know, an elephant sits on one side, then nobody can walk the plank and everyone's swinging to that side. And then the seesaw breaks in half. So when it breaks, then reality kicks in and whatever the algorithm no longer works. But if you go in there with the script, you're like, wait a minute, there's an elephant on that side. Let me put an elephant and a half on this side. And now you've got a balanced seesaw and you could do what you want. I hope that gives you an idea of what she's describing. And it's because I know this software very, very well. It's been deployed a few times. You know, you should actually go to torysays.com and look up Ukraine and maybe the word elections and just kind of read through that just a little bit. That's a very, very big.
big claim there. I mean, that that would be voter fraud uh, defined right, right, right there. Where, what's the next step? It's it's massive criminal voter fraud writ large across at least 29 states. It could have been happening. Anytime a voting machine was connected to the internet, and we have evidence that many were, it was obviously happening. Uh, it's obvious from the algorithm and the statistics that our experts are tracking out or batches of votes and when the curves changed. And it's, it's going to blow the mind of everyone in this country when we get it all together and, and can explain it with the affidavits and the experts that have come forward. All right, Sydney, we're going to leave it there. And the and while this guy that's like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm going to just blow this shit up for you right now. This is probably the most important thing you'll ever see. See, how many states does Dominion run in, you guys? I, I'll check the chat before I share it because I'm going to tell you exactly how many states it runs in. And it doesn't matter because all the freaking machines run it, right? I want to see. Let me see the chat because I can pull them. How many states? Let's see. 30, 50, 54, 38. Actually, it's 31. Ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. You ready? All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Here's a website, right? Here's a website. Article on usarmy.mil, July 26, 2019. 91st Cyber Brigade, complete rollout of ShadowNet Enterprise. Wait, there's more. So let me let me go searching for you. So they're deploying to 31 U.S. states and territories. 31 U.S. states and territories that ShadowNet has been deployed to. Hmm. Namely, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin. So these are where these guys have deployed. Let me just um, highlight the word for you so you can see it. Out. You can actually Google it by typing in U.S. space Army space M.I.L. space Shadow Net. Huh. The Virginia National Guard. Bowling Green based 91st Cyber Brigade completed a nationwide rollout of its ShadowNet Enterprise solution. Oh dear. Look at General Jones go. Now can you see why everybody's panties were in a twist about Shadowgate? Shadowgate. Right. <sighs> The brigade successfully integrated its three other cyber protection battalions, 123rd, 24th, and 26th cyber protection, into the ShadowNet platform last January. Let's see here. Uh, what else do we have? ShadowNet provides the interconnectivity, computing power, and storage required to support Shadow Labs, the 91st Cyber Brigade's innovative cyber training application through which the brigade will offer cyber-related courses and exercises to improve proficiencies at all levels. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 
major contributing factor to the 91st Cyber Brigade's successful construction of the ShadowNet solution was its partnership with U.S. Army's Program Executive Office Enterprise Information System. In ideas, in, in addition to providing the funding that was crucial for the physical construction of ShadowNet, POEIS offered expert guidance on its design to ensure that the ShadowNet training environments would also respond to the requirements of total force. How fucking pissed are you right now? You should be. You should be. You should be. And this is why Shadowgate was banned globally. What have I said about the National Guard? Right? Big difference right there. What have we said? You know who invented the shadow net? Who created the shadow net? Do you know who created it? It's Patrick Berge. He created it. He knows its capabilities. It is, it is the most dangerous weapon ever. It hijacks every single aspect of your life. Every single aspect from your social media to your purchases to your to, to, to what you buy, consumer, family, elections, the whole nine yards. Remember, Berkey isn't just anyone. You know who he is? He's the guy that united the Sunnis and the Shias. Tell me who could do that. You guys have heard my Middle Eastern uh, interview with um, Buff Perry, right? I'm just saying. This is what's really going on. This is what's going on. It's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. Now, I want you to hear uh, Sidney Powell talk about voter fraud again now that I told you how they were executing it in the 31 states. Take a listen to what she says. Is now is Sidney Powell. She's former federal prosecutor, uh, General Michael Flynn's defense attorney, a great American, and, and I know for a fact uh, as busy as she can possibly be working all hours of the day. Sydney, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Let me start by just saying uh, this time is yours. Uh, right now, uh, this audience, most of America, wants to know where are we in this fight for the White House? Well, we are making great progress, Lou. We have one case in the in the court in Georgia that's getting ready to go to the 11th Circuit. We're going to ask for emergency review of that, where we sought to impound all the voting machines in Georgia. And we need, frankly, to stop the, the election that's supposed to happen in January because all the machines are infected with the software code that allows Dominion to shave votes for one candidate and give them to another and other features that do the same thing. And we filed suit also in Michigan and we're preparing suits for several other states. And as I'm sure your viewers hopefully know and caught part of the hearing in Arizona today that Rudy Giuliani conducted for the legislature to right. see much of the evidence that has been accumulated by some experts that will be uh, helping our case also. It, it's just pouring out more by the day. People are coming forward with different bits and pieces of the puzzle. Different states shaved different amounts of votes uh, or the system was set up to shave and flip different votes in different states. Some people were targeted as individual candidates. It's really the most massive and historical egregious fraud the world has ever seen. The top officials of the Georgia state government, the secretary of state, 
the governor, Brian Kemp, was in a very similar situation, as we reported here at the top of the broadcast, three years ago, when he was Secretary of State. And he was sued as Secretary of State, the state of Georgia. And incredibly, as soon as that lawsuit was filed, that server uh, under under uh, Secretary of State Kemp was white. Uh, and that has, obviously, was at the core of your concerns in seeking an injunction uh, from Judge Batten, the federal district court judge, uh, who issued the restraining order, correct? Correct. And guess what happened yesterday while we were in the process of trying to get the state to respond for our request to the restraining order? Someone went down to the Fulton Center where the votes and Dominion machines were, claimed there was a software glitch and they had to replace the software. And it seems that they removed the server. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do we know where the server is? Uh, no, we don't right now. Let me tell you why Georgia is important for a second before this continues. So I'm going to take you back in time to 2016. So in 2016, we had presidential elections that everybody and their mother thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, but she didn't. The algorithm broke. It literally broke. We still had millions of votes that shouldn't have been tallied, you know, manifested from the fractionalization of everything, but it broke. And while it was breaking, there were attempts to get in the back door and go through that trap door and run scripts. They did try. Actually, there's a warehouse somewhere in Georgia and one in Virginia. But there was physical interference, and they could not. So what happened? Do you guys remember how the Georgia Secretary of State claimed that their elections were being hacked? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And then he said it was Russians, but then it turned out, I played that clip for you a few days ago, right, a few shows ago from CNN, where they were like, oh, it wasn't... Um, Russians, it was the DHS. They were just in the election machines looking for Russians. Do you remember that? So George is really, really important. Um, you know, that's going to be coming to the surface pretty soon. I just thought I'd remind you that in 2016, there was a physical interference with them being able to deploy the scripts because, huh, maybe God intervened and they didn't have the cables and capable or maybe their internet was cut off. Who knows? Like something happened in both Georgia and uh, Virginia and they weren't able to, you know, connect to the internet. So they went to the next best thing. Let's call our friend who's at DHS, maybe at SISA to kind of get in there and deploy scripts that they got caught. Right. <laughs> I'm just reminding you. So now they're taking servers and wiping them. But you know, like I said, there's four people on this planet that are pretty good at taking wipe things and fighting. Unless they do the Hillary with the whole hammer and bleach bit thing, which they probably did. And this makes sense as to why when I put my boots on the ground in D.C., people started to try to compartmentalize me. Gatekeeper, 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 gatekeeper. 
but there's always windows of opportunity everywhere. And you know, I welcome the gatekeeping. I know it was frustrating. It frustrated me, frustrated million, frustrated a lot of us, but it was okay because through the gatekeepers, you see where they sit, you see who they work for, what they work for and what they want. And right now what they want is compartmentalization and Sidney Powell's throwing a wrench into that one. I, you know, people don't go to jail for their attitude, but in the case of the secretary of state and the governor of Georgia right now, one would be tempted to prosecute based on their conduct so far. What is going on with those two individuals? I think there's a lot going on, Lou. I think there's a lot of corruption there underneath the surface. We've gotten tips from different people that we haven't been able to verify completely yet, but it seems that there were significant uh, benefits for both Governor Kemp and perhaps Mr. Raffensperger also, and maybe others on their team. Remember, Kemp got promoted from Secretary of State to Governor. Let's just remember that. We're deciding at the last minute to rush in a contract for Dominion for $107 million for the state. Ironically, the state lawyers claimed yesterday that the state had no control over the county's handling of the voting machines. Never mind the state itself purchased the machines and forced them to use them. And the Secretary of State is responsible for all fraud investigations of voting and everything else with respect to voting. It was one of the most disingenuous arguments I've heard any government council make. But uh, that's, that's what they Judge. all seem to do these days. Uh, initially, the judge granted the, uh, the temporary restraining order, then reversed himself after the state had made that claim, then reversed it uh, himself again uh, and ordered the impoundment, effectively, the impoundment of those machines. But obviously, within that window, apparently in Fulton County, the state of Georgia took that server. Now, do we know, uh, you know, I, I just can't, I, I think most Americans right now cannot believe what we're witnessing in this election. We have across almost every state, uh, whether it's Dominion, uh, EBS, whatever the company, voting machine company is, no one knows their ownership, has no idea what's going on in those servers, has no understanding of the software because it's proprietary. Uh, it is the most ludicrous, irresponsible, and rancid uh, system uh, imaginable in the world's only superpower. We look like a complete nation of fools. And that was Lou Dobbs throwing some serious shade. Badass Lou Dobbs. That's right. You can't see the software. I said that last year, too. <laughs> it's proprietary. It's our information. This is how they built ShadowNet. You know, somebody I saw in a comment, because I watch everything, said, why was Bergie a PFC only? Why wasn't he an officer? Because you don't have officers and people in uniform creating weapons of mass destruction. Can't have that shit on the record. It's all done by private contractors. That's the point. That is the point. Because when it's done by a private contractor, guess what? It's proprietary information. And so they can repackage it and sell it, I don't know, to people like, I don't know, the 91st Cyber Brigade or, uh, you know, the courts to pick the right jury for you. Right? So they can make sure 
or I don't know, Clearforce. They're using the same software, repackaging it to say, well, I don't know if you should hire Tori. Is she a good egg or not? Will she tell on you if you commit crimes? Oh, and then maybe repackage it to the police force and say, this person in your neighborhood is most likely to commit a crime. See, you're not a whistleblower if you're a contractor, period. We don't have laws for that. Hence why a lot of people have just been talking. Like I said, I was watching Bergie for a long time. And I knew he was nuclear. He's scorched earth, man. He doesn't give to flying. <sighs> because as a private contractor, look at it this way too, right? Aside from the fact that he's a patriot and he loves his country. Imagine building something that is generating trillions of dollars in revenue and you're not getting shit for it. Imagine you were the actual sole inventor of sliced fucking bread and you didn't get a penny off of it. How pissed would you be? Exactly. They made him homeless, right? They made him homeless. <laughs> the inventor of sliced bread made homeless. So that's how you, you know, he's, me and Bergie clash a lot, a lot. But I adore the shit out of him because I could feel his pain. I could feel his pain. And I really wish everybody else could too. I mean, a lot of people do, and that scares the crap out of them because he's scorched earth, man. He doesn't care how many bridges is he's burning. He's just like fireman, like the guy, you know, that, what is that guy from, uh, is it the Fantastic Four that was all fire, fire, shoot, I forget his name. But um, I just thought I'd tell you that because right now Lou Dobbs is giving it and he's right. We need to give it to them. Scorch everything. Take that blowtorch and do it. And we're supposed to be meeting constitutional deadlines on December 8th, <laughs> December 14th. Are you kidding me? This thing should be shut down right now. And people understand that this will not be tolerated by the American people. You are absolutely right, Lou. I couldn't have put it better myself. I can't even begin to tell you how appalling everything I'm seeing is. Somebody sent me the tape from a machine in California, and it reported 550 votes with 270 voters. That's the kind of thing we're seeing when we can get the actual documents. Meanwhile, Dominion and its minions and other state officials everywhere are apparently out there trying to destroy everything they can get to before we can seize it. And our Department of Justice and FBI are nowhere to be found. I am absolutely livid, and I know the American people are livid, too. That's why we started the DefendingTheRepublic.org well, to fight this. Let me be straightforward with you. I had a damn sight rather have Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani on the case uh, than Christopher Wray uh, and the fools, Preach. the corrupt fools that lead the FBI any day. Uh, I wish it were otherwise, but... The American people understand what we now are up against in this country. Uh, and as I said at the uh, outset of the broadcast, Sydney, this is no longer about just voter fraud or electoral fraud. This is something much bigger. And this president has to take, I believe, drastic action, dramatic action to make certain that the integrity of this election uh, is understood or lack of it. The crimes that have been committed against him and the American people. And if the Justice Department doesn't want to do it, if the FBI cannot do it, 
uh, then we have to find other resources within the federal government. We've got to rise above this because the nation itself, this is an assault on the core of a democracy, any democracy, our, our ability to cast a secret ballot. Uh, your thoughts, Sydney, uh, as we wrap up here. Uh, that's exactly right, Lou. It's, it affects the bedrock of our de democratic republic. It can't be allowed to stand. And frankly, I'm about to think the entire FBI and the entire Department of Justice need to be hosed out with Clorox and fire hoses. I agree. Well, Sydney, I think right now that you would get many seconds for that proposition. <laughs> Sydney Powell, thanks for being with She's so cute, too, isn't she? And Lou Dobbs, look at that face. Paused right there. I like it. I like it. He's the grandpa that always gives the, the, the good, wise words. Now, today, it was announced that Georgia Secretary of State, there would be an investigation into claims of voter fraud. Fair enough. Fair enough. But what if I told you you're watching a movie because it had to be done like this? What if I told you how to see all these motions so that way you can see it? Because I could tell you something. Nothing can stop what's coming. And it had to be this way. It really did. It really did. In the meantime, all of us have to contribute to make sure that it has to be this way. We do. Contribute with our efforts, with our prayers, with our time. And we support them all, 100%. We support them all. So let's see this small report by Faux News. Remember, we called them Faux News a year ago. Faux News is giving us some actual news. <laughs> Here they are. Take a listen. Griff Jenkins in D.C. Hey, did you notice how they social distance? No more couch. Griff, uh, what's the latest on the recounts down in Georgia? Because I understand they could be up to the fifth one. Yeah, that's right. The president, good morning, Steve Ainsley Bryan. The president's demanding his fifth audit of ballot signatures because he maintains he won the Peach State. And he's promising lawsuits, possibly as soon as today. He called in to Arizona yesterday saying one would be coming in Georgia. We'll see where that goes. But he's also ratcheting up this feud with the Republican governor, tweeting this. Why won't Governor Brian Kemp, the hapless governor of Georgia, use his emergency powers, which can be easily done to overrule his obstinate Secretary of State and do a match of signatures on envelopes. It will be a gold mine of fraud and we will easily win the state. The tweet was flagged by Twitter and Governor Kemp rejected the president's call saying uh, Georgia law prohibits the governor from interfering in elections. Now this, as Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, also a Republican, yesterday announced an investigation into more than 250 claims of voter fraud, though he was doubtful it could change the outcome of the election. Now, I'm going to put my little hat on. If I was conducting a PSYOP on the military-industrial complex, I would sit there and talk about signatures and talk about ballot stuffing and talk about postal workers and talk about dead people, talk about warm bodies that shouldn't be voting. You know, I'd talk about that. So they would stymie me and say, what are you going to do about it? Ha, ha, ha. You won't pull the trigger, will you? Ha, ha, ha. Well, see, that's where it comes in. Okay? I'm just saying.
all of this that you're watching is for you. So you can see just how relentless they are. But at the same time, we're able to parse through how easily alliances to our nation and the truth and transparency and the basic foundations of this nation are flipped for people. There are people that are really good people, right? Good people. But they also feel, okay, they also feel that there is some form of um, obscurity that needs to be maintained and secrecy. Because that's just the way it works. Well, if the past four years of a president, Donald J. Trump presidency, has shown you anything, it's that he doesn't like rules that are fixed against the people. And so now, as I said, like all these gatekeepers, right? Like all these gatekeepers, they're showing where they sit. They are showing who they align with. So what you're watching is for you. What you're watching is for you to see. It had to be this way. Now I'm going to take you to a report from 2019. 2019 that Millie put together after putting everything uh, forward. Now I've played this before. Now with all of this that you have seen in front of your eyes, I want you to watch it with a new perspective and see just how these clues that you've been given were important because now the future proves the past and you understand what's really going on. Every smear campaign the Democrat Party and the mainstream media have directed towards President Trump has backfired. Chris, so far the evidence it's uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. For those of you watching at home, uh, that was not a bathroom break. That was actually a chance for the Democrats to go out and hold a press conference, uh, ambassador for all the supposed bombshells that, was, that were in your opening testimony. Uh, we're going to continue our investigation. Uh, we are going to continue to pursue Even after the documents. Even in the report, you're going to continue? Yes. Oh, yes. The investigation isn't going to end. When you find yourself on the phone, like the Democrats did with the Russian pranksters offering you nude pictures of Trump, might be time to ask yourself if you've gone out too far on a limb. And now ABC News has learned the House Intelligence Committee has obtained audio and video recordings of President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and the president himself. It's Giuliani dressed in drag with Donald Trump. You know, you're really beautiful. No, you dirty boy. You that's supposed to make us upset. That makes us see just how friendly they are and how good friends they are and how much we wish we had a friend like that, right? Um, so I just wanted to say, I want you to look at the title. It says, Will They Steal the 2020 Election? It's a very good title. Remember, this is 2019. It's 2019 before COVID. 2019 before COVID. All right. Oh, this impeachment, whatchamacallit, has turned into a train wreck in slow motion. You would think that with the Dems' circular firing squad, their endless Pez dispenser of impotent candidates, along with your average liberals, 
hands down, providing the most prolific contributions to cringe fail compilations ever, how could President Trump and fellow Republicans not have a landslide victory in 2020? So, while we're all eating popcorn, watching the clown show in the house, electronic voting machines have been set up to rig the 2020 election. And when I say rigged, I mean like this. You've probably seen the three-card Monty before. The tosser tells you to follow a card as he mixes them up, then asks you to point out that card. That's the game everyone thinks they're playing. The first thing that happens, though, is the tosser executes a secret move to switch the cards before the game even begins. Instead of throwing down this card, you're throwing down the card over. So it looks like this card. Allow me to demonstrate for you how the 2019 Kentucky election was rigged. And if not rigged, at the very least, demands further explanation and investigation. Tonight, voters in Kentucky sent a message loud and clear for everyone to hear. I haven't had an opportunity yet to speak to Governor Bevan, but my expectation is that he will honor he will honor the election that was held tonight, that he will help us make this transition. So, as you can see, I say this a lot. We can't tell you. We have to show you. And this is showing you. And we're still showing you. Because you wouldn't get it. See, this was right in front of you. You can, you can change the date of this and make it a 2020 election. You're seeing the same freaking show. And so when she was putting this together after, I think this was from November 30th, 2019. It was after she went to Kentucky, after we spoke with Phil Klein, who's having a presser uh, in a, uh, right now. I'm not streaming it, though, because I want to look at it. I don't like to stream things on the fly um, and talk about things that I haven't investigated or vetted or looked at. I mean, I could, but I don't want to. I want to get my point across to you is that whatever you will see, right, whatever you will see um, is for a reason. And when Gavin and I over, 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 over a year, maybe two, got together, you know, Millie came into the picture way later. Um, and when she started to do her reports, as you could see, she was giving you the map. And you can see that she was giving you the map of why it had to be this way. She was giving you the map to understand how the future is proven by the past. The past proves the future. And as you could see, here's a look into the past. And well, could have fooled me. Sounds like 2020. With respect to our race, would it be, would it be a Bevan race if it wasn't a squeaker? I mean, come on. I mean, really and truly, this is a close, close race. We are not conceding this race by any stretch. But more than anything else, we're challenging the media here today not to defend the Democrats as they normally do, but to get into their own investigation and see what they can actually find. Voter fraud needs to be cleared up. I mean, this issue needs to be cleared up and resolved. We need to have confidence in our process. I have heard many reports about irregularities, but I agree that uh, we need to find irregularities. If it's Responded by stating the office does not release information regarding investigations. 
Since our news conference Monday, we've been receiving information regarding voter fraud and potential election fraud, some of which we're going to share with you today. You can see from this image, you can confirm from online, you can't see it right now. The governor, Governor Bevin won every precinct in Bell County but one, then he carried the county by roughly 61% of the vote. Yet, Governor Bevin lost amongst the advanced ballots by almost the same margin as he won the remainder of the county. We're not saying this is proof. We're saying this raises questions that just... Wait, are you saying that the absentee ballots screwed Bevin over? Oh, okay. ...their answers. In this first screenshot, we have um, Attorney General Brashear with 673,948 votes at this moment in the election. Governor Bevin at 662,235 at this moment in the election. So that put uh, Attorney General Bashir ahead 11,713 votes. We switch to this next image a moment later. You see where our vote totals have swapped, or percent not swapped. So it looks like Bevin lost votes. Actually, it was a block vote allocation for the algorithm. Damn, where have we seen that before? All oh, right, we saw it during the Obama Mitt Romney race, right? <laughs> where votes were being taken away and put it somewhere else. That's called the block allocation. Ding. So they got smarter this time. Rather than take away votes, they just added more votes. Because in Georgia, it seems that they have almost a million newly registered people in the state of Georgia um, that voted. That can account for the block allocation of votes. Our, vote, our percentages have changed a little bit. That's because our numbers changed. But how did they change? This is what's interesting. I tried have there been any irregularities here from what you've been reporting and seeing? So not that I've seen. I think that right no irregularities like shit just moves away from you totally easily this is where they fine-tune the algorithm we'll just make shit up we've got all these illegal migrants and then we could throw in the whole dreamer thing and we'll just add votes we don't need to take away we'll just add more they will probably end up finding a few votes here and there that we can pretty much break down and, and call um, clerical errors by clerks. These numbers are entered by hand. Um, this is a very normal. That's a lie. The numbers are not entered by hand. That's a lie. Normal thing that happens every election cycle. Oh, let's go back. Let's go back to that one second. That went really quick. Mm. Gavin, you and your speedy. Oh, look at that. Gems. I've got the world in my hand, don't I? Software like this is installed in more than 30 states. If someone tampers... You mean 31 states? ...with it, or it just malfunctions, then the wrong people can win elections. If that happens, hundreds of representatives, judges, and other officials may hold offices they are not elected to. We know there was individual. You mean like Nancy Pelosi, like Schiff, like so many others? Wait, here we go. If you click on Kentucky election results and look at the URL bar, you see something very different. Notice it says clarityelections.com. If we inspect the elements of the page, we see that election night reporting was conducted by Seidel. If we scroll down and look, we see who owns the page, Seidel.us. Who is Seidel? Who knew 
poquito para probar eso. Luego tienes que probar que puedes vender ese producto. There are people that are in favor of using internet voting since they think that it can improve the democratic process. Uh, for instance, e-participation that can uh, enhance the decision making of, of governments. According to their client page, they tally the votes for the most prestigious elections worldwide, from the countries within the EU to the EU itself, to corporations like McDonald's and various state elections in the United States, such as Kentucky. McDonald's has their own elections. We literally have an offshore company counting our votes. Talk about foreign interference. Encryption is instrumental to electronic communication and financial transactions to protect the security of privacy and authentication. The development of digital ciphering led to the use of trap doors. A trap door strongly resists cryptanalysis by anyone not in possession of trap door information used in the design of the cipher. You mean like the trapdoor keys that I keep talking about, where someone actually has the keys to this and we can find them through the router. Just saying. Just saying. The fact that election data is being transmitted over the Internet requires encryption. Therefore, the software and operating systems used by CIDL in the Kentucky election has encryption trapdoors, and whoever possesses the trapdoor and keying information has a backdoor into the system. This allows the designer to break the system after he has sold it to the client, and yet falsely to maintain his reputation as a builder of secure systems. Oh, you mean like gems that sold it and did it? Well, you know, we'll leave that for another time. So you mean that there's one architect that then sells the product, kind of like ShadowNet was created, iSci was created, ClearForce was created, then the rollout of ShadowNet by the U.S. 91st Cyber National Guard was created, Magic Wheel was created. You mean they revamped the same software, kind of like they revamped that core software to Dominion Software, ENS Software, Etc. Etc. Gems holding the world in their hand, swaying the outcome in a favorable direction within a reasonable margin. This was evident in documents sent to me from a whistleblower regarding the Kentucky 2019 election. Forensic investigators who examined the leaked documents saw evidence that suggested manipulation of vote counts. However, due to encryption, the logs from the computers used to process the total vote counts would need to be seen to see if the totals were manipulated before being transmitted to the Board of Elections. This is Millie Weaver. I just delivered to the governor's office documents that a whistleblower sent me on Friday alleging election fraud in Kentucky. These documents were so concerning that I decided to come down here and deliver it to the governor himself. Now that the governor has these documents, I hope that this will spark some kind of reaction and investigation into these very concerning documents that were leaked. There is not any... So she went and gave the documents. I actually submitted an affidavit with those documents. And um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, 
pretty, pretty interesting. So you can see her report, but I want to go to some, to this part right here. Here we go. Have all the knowledge. And so Carrier IQ and SkyTel working together is absolutely capable of undermining all the votes and doing it very selectively. So they only change a few votes. Wow, that's a lot of unchecked power for a small group of people to have. But wait, there's more. But it's not just Seidel. Other companies like ESNS, Dominion, and Smartmatic all connect to database systems like the Global Electronic Management System. While you wrestle with the reality that international interests count, manage, organize, control, and... I'm going to take you back to the yes and S Dominion and Smartmatic all connect to database systems like the Global Electronic Management. All right, so you see this map on your screen for those of you that are listening. This is a map showing Gems, Dominion, Heart, and ESS. Obviously, we have Smartmatic too. Um, Gems, uh, Dominion, Heart, ESS, Smartmatic, all of them actually work together. They're all based on the same floor. And as you can see, ESS had dominance, and now the dominance is with Dominion. Other times it was Heart and Civic. Now they swap. It's kind of like you have a choice, but you really don't. Wait a minute. Let me think of an example like that. Um, where we're picking something, thinking it's different, but it's not different, right? They just swap positions. All right, you get the money first. So remember, Hard Inner Civic actually was funded. Hard Inner Civic made the boxes for the machines. It was really weird. Uh, did a lot of calculator work. But you know who invested in it? That's right. Tag Romney. Stop the press. Like, this is so dumb. So they're giving you uh, the illusion that there's all these companies and they're competing. But they're really not. They're just taking turns. That's basically it. <laughs> they're just taking turns on Stealing your election so they all make money. That is how they do it. So they've been wanting to steal your elections. They plan to steal your elections. They told you they were stealing their your election and they were dry running it right in front of your face. Now let's remember something interesting. Let's remember something. I think that's where the video is. Here we go. By the American people. If you go back to the beginning of the election meddling debacle, you see that initially it was Homeland Security that got caught hacking into the 2016 election. Channel 2 Action News question. Got caught hacking. Why? Oh, I guess because their normal route was inhibited. Georgia's Secretary of State about a hack. He told us it traced back to a Department of Homeland Security IP address. Well, mad as hell. Georgia's Secretary of State Brian Kemp all fired up after what he called a mass... Fired up, but he got a promotion. ...cyber attack on the agency's network on November 15th traced back to United States Department of Homeland Security IP address. According to this letter from Kemp to the Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson on November 15th, there was an attempted breach of the Georgia Secretary of State's network. Wait a minute. Now they're admitting they have a network showing... <laughs> that they're all linked up, but they're not connected to the Internet. Linked to a computer with a Homeland Security address. Kemp writes, at no time has my office agreed to or permitted Homeland Security to conduct penetration testing or security scans of our network. Because it wasn't Homeland Security in a capacity. It was someone working for SISA trying to deploy the scripts. And they failed. Could be a, a bad actor in the administration. Could be a, a bad actor in the administration. However, 
They said it was because they were hot on the trail of the Russians hacking the election. Remember? It was an unprecedented cyber attack ordered by senior Russian leadership on the U.S. election. Now President Obama is ordering the intelligence community to conduct a full review of Putin's meddling. But then, when it all came out that there was no proof of Russians hacking the election, everyone seemed to forget about Homeland Security having hacked the election. Well, I think it's going to fit in, uh, Boris, to this investigation that what did President Trump say? Trump slammed CIA. Owen, you listening? Trump slammed CIA over claims Russia hacked swayed vote. Because it wasn't Russia. Right, CIA? That, uh, President Obama has called for. Um, it's that Russia tried, perhaps, to look into meddling in the election. Russia tried, perhaps, to look into meddling in the election. Not that they actually affected it, because if you remember, election officials, DHS officials, tried to assure the American public that even if Russia was trying to meddle, it wouldn't be able to actually affect the outcome. For instance, how was Homeland Security getting in and out of the voting machines? I know, right? Apparently, they're not connected to the internet. DHS officials tried to... But when the states came forward showing the forensics didn't show Russia hacked their machines, rather the machines were only hacked by the Department of Homeland Security, that's when the narratives took an important twist and turned into a collusion story. We were beating the drum pretty hard, beginning with a conference call I had with every state secretary of state on August 15th. The Obama aid package to the Ukraine with the billion dollar loan guarantee Biden threatened to have withheld if a particular prosecutor wasn't fired just so happens to be the same aid package instrumental to Seidel getting a field office in Kiev. Not only that, if you read it, it's actually to help usher their elections. See why Giuliani had to be in Ukraine? See why President Trump slammed them? See how there are a lot of busy people? Can you see the movie now? Because we can't tell you. We have to show you. Remember, this was my reporting. I actually put this in an article a long time ago. Uh, you can find it on Tory Says. Pretty interesting, huh? Seidel's election training provides a permanent online trading platform to the Ukrainian Electoral Commission. The Obama administration must have known, among other things, that there would be discoveries of foreign meddling in the 2016 election that benefited Hillary Clinton. But not quite enough. Not quite enough. That's right, Millie. Because there were physical hindrances. I mean... You have to have tools to connect to the internet. And like, could you imagine if you're linked up with ethernet and your cables are cut? That would be really fucked up. You wouldn't be able to connect unless you had Wi-Fi. But Wi-Fi is sketchy. A lot of people could see that. Now, I saw this and I want to watch it with you just to remind us. Remember, Biden went and threatened to withhold that aid that happened to be election stuff. <laughs> just saying. Um, here's Barack Obama saying something quite interesting. Looking through the what you know now do you wish like you had a sec a, a third term um 
and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Do you mean I, like Joe Biden and, and Kamala? <laughs> He's telling you uh, what they are doing. He's like, uh, yeah, if I had a third term, well, I'd like a man or a woman to be my stand in and I'll be in the basement uh, just uh, telling them what they should be saying and doing. Um, damn, kind of sounds like uh, you were talking about having someone be you because you can't be you. Uh, so are you like the puppet master? Cause I don't think you're the puppet master, Barry. So on that note, let's end today's show with some lovely Christmas music. It's December 1st and I have to go eat that first chocolate in my advent calendar. Uh, this show was a little bit longer than expected by 40 minutes, but Hey, it's always fun to be with you on air. God bless everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully same time, same place. Cause I'm kind of mobile.